0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the RawOtors Podcast. Of course, I am your effervescent, wonderful host, Josh Lewis of RawOtors.com. Thank you for joining me. Uh, season 2. It's wild, isn't it? Season 2. Only took a month off. I know. I'm not amazing. It's crazy. You know, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Uh, I, I want to start out this uh, first episode of the second season uh, saying it just something special about Chadwick Boseman. Um, I don't know if he was a car enthusiast, uh, but he, he was one of my favorite modern actors. Uh, I mainly knew him uh, because of the movie Black Panther uh, and his role as Black Panther in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, and that's because I'm a giant nerd. Uh, I love comic books. Um, if you're not big into comic book films, uh, Chadwick played King T'Challa, uh, whose, super, whose superhero alter ego is Black Panther. Um, he's the king of the fictional African uh, country of Wakanda. And he also played amazing, amazing roles uh, as Jackie Robinson in 42, Thurgood Marshall in Marshall, and James Browning in Get On Up, among other fantastic uh, film roles. Um, I knew and loved him most for the Marvel films just because I, you know, I'm, you know, a nerd, like I said. Uh, But for those that don't know, Chadwick Boseman died of colon cancer at the age of 43. So he was obviously very young. and, um, And I know that this is a car podcast, but it's my podcast, so I get to do whatever I want. And I'm telling you, if you haven't watched any of Chadwick's movies, you really do need to. Uh, he was genuinely amazing and and wonderful, um, and he was obviously somebody that a lot of people could look up to, uh, whether you were white or black or Hispanic or Asian or whatever. Um, I I don't know why this has hit me so hard because, uh, it. I guess you know, uh, you know, at my age I'm only thirty four, but it's. You know it starts to you get the the creeping sense of mortality you know uh but also the fact that he was so talented and it's 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 such a terrible thing when when great talent is is uh just dies off um and also i think about you know my wife being black and i've had lots of black friends over the years and you know i, I I never struggled to look at a television screen and and see you know a superhero that I thought I could be you know Batman uh Wolverine um you know Captain America all these people and you know my wife when watching characters like Wonder Woman or Black Widow or uh, Captain Marvel you know that that's it was amazing for her to see women or cuz she wasn't a big comic book person like i was so i kind of got her into that and for her to see women that were just as strong and powerful and you know amazing as um as the male counterparts that that was a big deal for her and also uh for my young nieces you know that uh, they watch those movies and they're they they think that they you know can obviously be that type of character Um, and so of course, when I went to see black Panther with my wife and I, you know, or actually he started, uh, the role, um, as black Panther in the movie, Captain America civil war. Um, and, but when, when I went to see those movies, I knew what to expect in the sense of what the character was. And I was hoping that they would not, um, that the movie black Panther would be, a, a a great comic book telling because the, the Black Panther in the comics is is an amazing character, one of the one of the best uh, superhero characters in all of comic book history. Uh, genuinely, I'm not just saying that because Chadwick Boseman uh, Boseman played it, uh, but also I mean just genuinely when you go through the comic book characters, uh, Black Panther was just badass and absolutely awesome. So I you know I feel bad that there are. Um, Millions of young Black comic book fans that um, that saw the movie Black Panther. You know these young kids. You see them on Twitter. Been seeing them on Twitter the past couple days. You know, giving their you know their funeral to Black Panther. And I just I feel bad for those kids. I feel bad for those people that they finally had a, a hero of their own in their own movie. Um, and Chadwick Boseman was just literally perfect I mean, perfect for the role uh so if you haven't seen it i'm sure you have by this point but if you haven't uh, genuinely sit down watch his movies they're excellent and chadwick boseman as um as king t'challa and uh and black panther is just he's phenomenal so uh anyway uh but moving on uh you may notice that this podcast sounds a little different from my other episodes and this is because I have been at my family's beach house for the past week. And I was counting on being home before recording this episode. Um, but here I am, <laughs> down here for one more day. Such a bummer, right? Uh, but when I realized I was staying an extra day, I ran over to Best Buy and bought this. Uh, what I'm recording on, which is a Razer. I think it's the Siren or Siren, whatever X. It's a gaming mic. It was $85 and I can already tell you. Going to be returning it <laughs> I'm not crazy about the sound Or the plasticky feel of it for the price So I uh, Just not my cup of tea I miss my old microphone My Rode NT1 um, But now this this episode This show was actually supposed to be uh, A greatest hits episode uh, It was supposed to be the greatest bits The best bits of interviews From the first season of the podcast uh, And the reason why it isn't Is because that file is at home ...on a different hard drive that stores all my podcast episodes I've recorded and edited. Instead, this first episode of the second season will be focused on me talking about random stuff. Again. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we're going to make the best of it, aren't we? We are. Uh, So, recently I actually drove a C8 Corvette... Uh, but it only had 160 miles on it, so I couldn't really do much with it. Uh, I'm actually going to be grabbing the keys to it soon uh, for a week uh, because now it has 600 miles and I can actually drive the piss out of it. Uh, So I'm excited to report back on that. Uh, If you don't know, the the new Corvette is mid-engine and it has an electronic rev limiter of 4,500 RPM and you can't go past that until after 500 miles. Uh, That's its break-in period. At which point it goes to 6,500 RPM. Um, So the only things I can really say now are I still am not a fan of the styling. The interior is pretty damn nice. And I actually don't mind all of the buttons the way that they are. Uh, certainly a lot of buttons on the interior, and it takes a moment to get used to, but it's really not as bad as you'd expect. Uh, and I, I would like to hear more of the engine and the exhaust noise inside the cabin. Uh, that's not my, um, I, I love just a good induction sound. I love a good exhaust note, uh, crisp and clear. I know the Corvette you know, still needs to cater to a, an older uh, crowd that, that doesn't necessarily want to hear that. They want to feel a little bit more luxury. Uh, but yeah, I just want to hear more of it. Um, the seats are excellent. They are fantastic, but they are not for the fat of heart. Uh, and the speed is immense. It's just wow. <laughs> Even with its 4,500, uh, 4,500 RPM rev limiter, it is wow fast. Uh, the gearbox is obviously very, very quick. Uh, but other than that, I don't really know. So I will have to uh drive it for a week and really tell you how I feel. Next up, uh the Pikes Peak Rally has been going on this past weekend and we already had a major doozy. Randy Popest, driving a Tesla Model 3 owned and operated by Unplugged Performance Team, had a big crash during a practice session. Uh he is okay, thank God, luckily. Um but in the video that I will link in the description, uh, of the show randy talks about and a videographer actually shows um and it is basically a series of, of photographs that they spliced into this video uh but there's a there's a big bump in the road and uh he mentions that he was trying to be cautious coming into the corner where the bump is but obviously he wasn't going slow enough and it was a pretty big shunt. uh he went into a, a very big ditch area almost hitting like a stone wall um and the wheels are wrecked, the front splitter came off, a spring flew out, the rear bumper came off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the wild thing is, according to InsideEVs.com, the Unplugged team bought another Model 3 Performance and used its parts to rebuild the racer to get Randy back on track for the actual race. Uh, and when repairing and rebuilding a car for Pikes Peak, the VIN of the car that's racing can't change. So you must only use parts from a donor car not an entirely new car so that's pretty that's pretty wild that they got it back on the track to to actually race and, and set some lap times that's just wicked um it, you know you gotta supposedly it was the unplugged racing team the um uh, some tesla engineers and then some tesla fans that stepped in to to uh, help rebuild the car so that's pretty damn cool that they were able to do that within you know Um, according to the website, it was about less than 48 hours. So that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, but moving on now, uh, have you guys seen the new BMW four series or as I like to call it, the three series coupe? Uh, personally, I don't believe there should be such a thing as a 4 Series BMW. And you might be asking, why does that matter? Um, and because for me, it's the same as any 3 Series coupe was. It's different in certain ways from the sedan, but it carries the same engine, gearbox, and overall underpinnings. And it's it's really only been done to make a uh, even numbers the coupes and the odd numbers sedans. Uh, but then... You have coupe models that feature sedans. (laughs) So you have a 440 coupe and a 440 sedan. Uh, Riddle me that, Batman. And that just seems weird to me that BMW always explains the same thing. Well, it's supposed to be the coupe and they've got these, you know, sedan coupe designs. It's just, it's quite ridiculous to me. Uh, But anyway, uh, famed car designer Frank Stevenson has a YouTube channel. And um, uh, you're probably wondering who the hell is Frank Stevenson. And... uh, Really, honestly, is no one he's not that important, right? He was the chief designer for BMW, uh, headed up the Ferrari Maserati concept design and development Studio, eventually designed uh, cars for Fiat and Lancia or Lancia, and then uh, going to McLaren before starting his own design company as a consultant. Uh, So you may know him from a few cars that he's designed, and that is the first generation BMW X5, the new Mini Cooper uh, from the early 2000s, the Maserati Grand Sport, the Maserati MC12, the Ferrari F430, the Ferrari FXX, the Fiat 500, and then when he moved to McLaren, he designed the uh, MP412C, the P1, the the 675LT, the 570S, and the 720S. Um, And, of course, he also designed the monster, just the absolute perfect wing on the back of the Ford Escort RS Cosworth uh, back in the day. So, you know, just your run-of-the-mill car designer. Nothing crazy. Nobody special. Um, But he's been using his YouTube channel to show off his skills and introduce you to how he designed the cars he has over the years. Uh, But what really caught my eye was his video from a few weeks ago where he goes over the new 4 Series design. Um, you know, that car with two gaping holes for kidney grills. Uh, which, interestingly enough, from more and more pictures that I see of it, it doesn't look like the top half of the kidney grills actually lead to anything. So there's no holes for air to go through, uh, which I find very weird. But I could be wrong. It could just be the way the, the photos and videos are showing it. Um, but he politely beats up the front, of the design, or front design of the car. Uh, and I, I'll link the video in the description. And uh, he does, in fact, like I said, he politely beats up the front of the car, but he does talk about it. And it's it's funny because I, I, I watched it, and he you could tell he's trying not to call it a piece of shit or a pile of shit. You know, just like, this is a shitty design thing. Instead, he's just being polite, but he pauses, and his pauses are just the just great. Cause he's like, uh. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll try and get Frank on the podcast. Uh, uh, cause I feel like he's, he is a, he has an interesting character. I've never met him. Don't know him personally. Obviously I know who he is from his designs over the years. Um, but yeah, I have to see if I can sneak him onto the podcast. Uh, hope you guys would like that. Um, but lastly, uh before i end this podcast i want to talk about uh one of my favorite youtube channels right now uh called carwell Uh, i don't know if you're following them if you're subscribed to them but you should be uh, because they're absolutely fantastic Uh, matt watson of carwell is their host um, and they're a british website that allows you to find like good and great deals on new cars basically Uh, and their youtube channel is filled with car reviews but more than anything actual drag races with some of the world's fastest supercars. And the races consist of a drag race, a 50 mile an hour roll uh, race in comfort settings, then a rolling race with the cars in the sportiest settings with the gearbox locked in third gear, um, and then a panic brake test from 70 miles per hour. Uh, One of the recent drag races was the Tesla Model S P100D with cheetah stance against the new Porsche Taycan Turbo S. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but man, is a, is, it's a good set of races. Seriously, you're going to enjoy it. Um, but they've even done races of all generations. The M3 against each other, the Audi S4, all the old Audi S models, um, the uh, older E90 series BMW M3 against the RS4 against the C63 from back in the day. Some really cool stuff uh, that you guys would really, really be interested in. Um, but what I want to talk about are the four races so far that they've done with the Porsche 911 Turbo S. Um, now, I know that the new turbo, 911 Turbo is expensive, but it's really not as expensive as the cars that it competes against, you know? Um, and it's fucking insane how fast it is for a car with a six-cylinder engine. It's ridiculous. People say, oh, the engine's in the, in the wrong part of the car. It's too small. But that car puts out 640 horsepower the regular turbo puts out like 573 horsepower or something like that. I mean, ridiculous, 640 horsepower. Um and and to to watch it race is just <laughs> it's exceptional. Now, in some of the rolling races it's it's tough for it because it, you know, between its displacement and torque curve of some of the, you know, turbo V8 and V12 cars, it's it's a little difficult for the the 911 Turbo uh S, but you I don't give a shit what anybody says. That car is fucking amazing. Uh, But then when it comes to the stopping test, the Turbo S is is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, So they've raced it against, they've raced the Turbo S against the uh, BMW M8, a modded GTR, a 720S, Taycan Turbo S, uh, the Aventador SVJ, and um, Ferrari 812 Superfast. Um, and it's it's absurd. I talk to I talk to my friends and other auto riders all the time. And, you know, when we talk about supercars or specialty cars, they always say the same thing. Like they want a, um, you know, they'd rather have the Ferrari or they'd rather take the Lambo or the McLaren. Uh, but for me, it always comes down to the 911 because I always say the same thing. I know that it's not going to break. <laughs> it's like, it's going to do the same thing over and over and over again. It's just, it's going to be fast from day one. And it's going to be just as fast on day 301. You know, it's going to be just as fast on day 1001. And it it's, it just makes you appreciate solid, genuine engineering. Just a, a company that just, they want to make the Honda Accord of supercars, you know, and maybe that's boring to some because sure, the 911 is, the 911 is not, you know, it's a very old style of design. Um, now, personally, I love it. I think it's amazing. I think the fact that Porsche can take an old principle of design and constantly modernize it and, and make it still relevant is is just amazing, right? It's it's kudos to them. Um and where that's very difficult for a lot of other car makers. I mean, you look at how many different style generations or, or, or stylings that BMW have gone through over the years um, with all of their cars, you know, and you look at Porsche and it it's stayed very true to the original. So, sorry, like I felt a yawn coming on, but then it just like didn't happen. <laughs> anyway... Um, But for me, like I said, it always comes down to the 911. And and now I'm bummed that the turbo no longer comes in a manual because I I think that it should. I think it would be amazing with a manual. I think it'd be a a wicked, wicked ass car with a manual gearbox. Uh, But you just can't argue with the performance of a car that starts at $203,500, right? And the quote-unquote regular turbo <laughs> that only gets to 60 in 2.6 seconds, oh goodness, uh, is $30,000 cheaper. Um, but just, just I, I don't want to spoil anything. Again, I don't want to spoil any of the results for you. Uh, but I'll just say that the McLaren starts at 300000 The Lamborghini Aventador SVJ starts at nearly 520000 And the Ferrari 812 Superfast can be had for $335,000, which is, you know, pretty cheap, right? Uh, But basically, you know, it's like why why you'd want anything else isn't because of performance. It's because you want to show off how much money you have. Um, That's literally the only reason, as far as I'm concerned. Um, It's just, I mean, sure, you can talk about styling and blah, 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 but... (laughs) I think it's hard when you're spending two to three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollars. It, I feel like it becomes less about like how much you love the styling of a certain car. It basically becomes less about how, you know, how beautiful the car is, and more about how much money it shows off, right? How 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 expensive it looks and appears, uh, and it seems. Um, But interestingly enough, this argument could be had with the 911 and the Corvette. I've heard that argument for years. Um, And I grew up in a Corvette family. And I am, in fact, the only member of my immediate family outside of my sister uh, that hasn't owned a Corvette. So both my older brothers, my dad and my mom have all had Corvettes, uh, with my dad having owned about 15 or 16 Corvettes over the years, uh, from 1967 to current. Um, And... I've heard people say that you buy a 911 because you want to act rich or whatever, but let me say this I've had a 911. I had a 2007 career ass. Uh, I would have never had a 2007 Corvette. Not that I hated them But I just I just didn't want one as a daily because I'd driven them so many times and I just I I wasn't interested Um, But actually funny story about my 911 Years ago, I went out into town. uh, I was going to a, a Celebrating a birthday of a friend of mine Uh, We were going downtown, and um, uh, I was meeting everybody at this restaurant. And of course, I drove my 911 because that was my daily driver. So I pull up to this restaurant that's across the street that has um, parking, um, that basically have valet parking or whatever, right? So I pull up, and I I get out of the car, and the guy goes, um, the guy walks up to me and goes, "All right, now for you, we got options." And I'm like, what, what options, what do you mean? And I just figured like they're just options of like, I I honestly really didn't know. I was just just pulling in there because of valet parking, right? And he's like, "Uh, so all the way in the back, just, you know, in the regular parking lot, that's $4. Up here in the front though, because of your car, we can do it, it's 20 bucks. And I was like, park that shit in the back. I don't give a shit. I don't need anybody to know that I drive this car. I don't give a damn. And he starts laughing, and I'm just like, "Yeah, dude, I don't care." Here's, here's, I gave him like, like seven bucks, right? And I was like, "Here you go, park the car, and that's your tip." Like, I no way in hell do I give a shit about parking up front. And I came out of the restaurant uh, later, and there was a used Audi A7 with the most disgusting wheels I've ever seen. And oh my god, that car was atrocious. I mean, genuinely was. Ugly as hell, so dirty, was beat up, banged up. And I'm trying to remember what the other car was that was sitting next to it. But basically, both cars were dirty as hell, were beat to shit, ugly ass wheels on them. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I I genuinely didn't care what people thought about me and my car. I bought my car because I loved my car. I wanted a Porsche 911, and I got it. That was my whole mission, was to, to have a Porsche 911. Plain and simple. And I would have another one. But, you know, look, my opinion could change on that when uh, I get behind the wheel of the C8 um, again. And I don't think Corvettes are shit. I don't think they're bad cars. I've just never enjoyed them. Um, I don't know if I've told the story. Well, I mean, I've enjoyed them. Sorry, I take them back. I've enjoyed them, but just in a different way. Um, I don't know that I've told the story. I'll have to save it for uh, the next podcast. Oh, hell, I'll tell the story now. What, what am I thinking? So, my brother had a 2000 and, oh, God. I had a, at the time, I had a 2009 Cor, or 2009 Corvette. I had a 2009 M3 uh, sedan, E90, obviously, because that was what the sedan was, was the E90. My brother had a 2011, I think it was a 2011, brand new Corvette at the time. Uh, it was 2011 or whatever it was. Anyway, yeah, it was 11. It was an 11. Anyway, uh, who cares? One day I drove his car. Uh, we had traded cars for some reason, but whatever. I had his car and he had a backpack cause he was good. He was uh, finishing up his college degree. Um, and he had a backpack that was filled with, you know, books and stuff. And it was in the back hatch of the Corvette. I'm just driving along, and it's uh, I'm going to trade cars with them again, and I'm on this road, and it's five o'clock traffic. Well, this one one road where I was, there's a lot of restaurants and stuff, and gas stations and whatnot, where people just dump in and out of, you know, and they slam into brakes to get into a left turn lane, or you people just come flying across the other two lanes to merge uh, from. You know, some store on the left or right-hand side. It's just, it's crazy. Um, so this day, this guy, a couple cars in front of me decides he's going to slam on his brakes and get into the left turn lane at the last second. When he does, of course, everybody ahead of me slams on their brakes. And then, obviously, I slam on my brakes. Well, my brother's backpack proceeds to come flying forward. Hits me in the side of the face, the right side of the face. J- I had the car in neutral, jams my arm into, uh, and pushes my, my hand forward into third. <laughs> Luckily, my foot was still on the clutch. Um, but I was like, I just remember getting hit by this backpack filled with books. I went fucking ow. I I was so, I was fuming. I was so goddamn mad. And everybody laughs at that story when I tell it. It was, oh my God. My, the, the right side of my face was so red for, I don't even know how long that day. Oh my God. And I had this, I had this, just this bruise on my cheek. Oh God. It was fucking annoying, and I decided from then on, I'm not having a fucking Corvette with those damn stupid fucking hatches, where you just, there's no separation between you and whatever the hell is coming forward, I was so angry, I was so mad, and I know, before you tell me, well, there's netting you could put up there, you know what, when that fucking backpack that weighs 60 pounds comes flying forward at... 35 miles an hour, I don't even know how fast, probably was going 200 miles an hour. Look, I don't care what netting is there, it's not going to hold that thing perfectly back. You're still going to get hit by it in some fashion. So, yeah, that is my Corvette story. I've always been angry at Corvettes because of that. (laughs) Now with the C8, different story. There's an engine between you and the trunk. So now you don't have to worry about that shit. So maybe I'll fall in love with the C8. Maybe I'll trade my gt fit I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. Uh, the C8 doesn't come in a manual. So I'm definitely never doing that. Um, but, you know, hey, maybe I'll love the Corvette. I I, I mean, I, how could you not, right? The new C8, it's supposed to be great. I've driven it, sort of. And it was it seemed pretty great. But you see what I did there? I brought it full circle. Started with Kind of started with the C8 a little bit. And then ended with C C8. And so with that, I'm going to finally end this podcast. It's time. It's time for you to go about your day and do whatever the hell else you want to do. But just remember, every Monday morning when you wake up, put some of that good old-fashioned freeze-dried Folgers in your coffee cup and listen to the Raw Otters podcast. And as always, happy motoring.